Hello, everyone. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. I really believe this teaching is going to bless you. Last week on this podcast, I talked about whether a Christian should tithe. That was a very important discussion because the vast majority of churches teach that Christians should tithe. And if you don't, you are cursed and robbing God. And as we saw, there are several reasons to tithe, and because of them, I tithe. And I do agree that everyone should tithe. But I think we should teach tithing correctly and not improperly use the fear of punishment or curses to encourage people to tithe. So if you didn't uh, hear that episode of this podcast, I do recommend it, especially uh, whether you do tithe or you don't tithe. It's, I think, very helpful and very valuable information on on tithing, and I really think that'll bless you. While tithing is probably the number one financial teaching in the church today, the second most common financial teaching is called seed time and harvest. The simple idea behind seed time and harvest is that if you sow a financial seed, God will bring a financial harvest into your life. While this core idea is biblical, this concept has been improperly taught and abused widely. I'm not saying that everyone who teaches seed time and harvest abuses it for improper financial gain. I'm just saying that such abuse has happened before. Furthermore, the concept of seed time and harvest as it relates to finances isn't always taught very well. And verses are misapplied in such teaching, which results in confusion and inappropriate practices. All of that said, Seed time and harvest is the single most important financial teaching for a Christian to understand. We must study the relevant verses and we must understand how it works and we must operate in this process. In my teaching today, I will endeavor to take a clear look at some of the relevant verses and help you understand the basics so you can begin to correctly operate in God's system of seed time and harvest for your finances. To truly understand seed time and harvest as it applies to your finances, we need to understand seed time and harvest generally. Seed time and harvest is one of the most important principles and paradigms in the Bible and in all of reality. To understand seed time and harvest, you must first understand that it's actually not a financial principle. It's a universal principle that has financial applications. In Genesis 1, 11 through 12, we read, God say, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields seed according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. In the beginning, God created various plants that would be food for humans and animals. As part of the growth process for these plants, they would produce seeds. The seeds would produce new plants, which would produce new seeds, and so on. One seed, if properly cared for, can produce a whole forest or a whole orchard, for example. Now, after Adam and Eve fell, God pronounced a curse upon the earth. And while that curse may have made farming more difficult, the system still worked and the the earth still produced crops. After the flood, God made another noteworthy statement. This is Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, 
winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So we know that seed time and harvest is an important process for the earth and that God wants this process to remain a part of our natural existence as long as the earth remains. While the majority of verses in the Old Testament regarding seed time and harvest focus on farming, we do see in several verses that the principle of seed time and harvest has other applications. This is Proverbs eleven eighteen: The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. Proverbs 22, 8. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You see, in fact, a careful read of many verses about sowing and reaping in the Old Testament reveals that this principle goes far beyond farming and actually applies to many areas of life, if not every area. Here is the problem. Many teachers try to teach about seed time and harvest, but they jumble all the verses together. So when a verse might really be talking about one application of this principle, they use it regarding another. Commonly, people will take one verse about seed time and harvest and apply it to their sermon on finances. Sometimes that works and is correct, especially when that verse is about farming. But sometimes it's not. It doesn't work and it's not correct. And for you to correctly apply one of the most important biblical principles to your life, you need to understand what the Bible says about seed time and harvest clearly. From the verses in the Old Testament and from our general knowledge of farming, we know that a person can sow various types of plant seeds and reap harvest of the same plants. Pretty obvious. In the verses from Proverbs and Hosea above, or excuse me, that we just looked at, we see that a person can sow righteousness and reap such harvest as mercy and rewards from God. We also see that a person can sow iniquity and reap sorrow. As you study the Bible, you will see many types of seed that one can sow to reap many kinds of harvest. The verses don't always use the terms sowing and reaping or seed time and harvest, but this principle is seen throughout the Bible. And when we come to the teachings of Jesus, we start to see that this principle is more applicable and important than we ever realized. This is Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. Then Jesus taught them many things by parables. And he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> that passage I just read to you is known as the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is found in Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. 
I highly encourage you to read it several times and study it in extreme detail. We will not be able to analyze every aspect of this parable today, but we should discuss a few points before moving on. Before we continue, let's read Jesus' discussion of the parable later in Mark chapter 4. This is Mark 4, 13 through 20. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parable? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Notice the astounding statement Jesus makes at the beginning of his explanation. He basically tells the disciples that if they don't understand this parable, they won't be able to understand any of the parables. Now, I'm not even going to suggest that I understand the depths of that statement, but let's all agree that this means the parable of the sower is extremely important and has extremely broad applicability to Jesus's teachings. Now let's notice the next two sentences where Jesus says the sower sows the word and that the word was sown in their hearts. If you will understand these sentences, you can begin applying seed time and harvest to every area of your life. With respect to this super important teaching from Jesus on seed time and harvest, the seed is God's word and the soil is your heart. The single most important application of the seed time and harvest principle is for you to sow God's word into your heart. Consider this. Your entire Christian life started when another sowed God's word into your heart. Someone preached the gospel. You received it. You protected it. You didn't let the devil steal it. You didn't let persecution from your friends or family uproot the word from your heart. You are still here and you are still committed to God and you are still pursuing his plan for your life. You haven't let the cares of this world, improper desires or the deceitfulness of riches choke the word in your life. For many of you, the word is also now bearing fruit in your life. You're serving, you're helping, you're teaching. You are working for God's kingdom one way or another. You probably know some people who have fallen away from the faith. I have two friends that were very devout Christians for a short time in their youth. Then they fell away, and now, as far as I know, they have no relationship with God in their daily lives. I'm not sure why they fell away and why the word failed to produce, but my suspicion is that the cares of this world just choked the word, and so it couldn't produce any fruit in their lives. You know, whatever the case, it's very sad when that happens. But it hasn't happened to us, and it's not going to happen to us. So while this teaching does apply to the preaching of the gospel, as we've just kind of discussed, and it applies to, you know, people getting saved and growing into fruitful Christians, 
It also applies to every other area of our lives. We need to sow all of God's word into our hearts. We need to sow his word concerning relationships into our hearts. We need to sow his word concerning finances into our hearts. We need to sow his word concerning love, integrity, and honor into our hearts. And then when things happen to try to steal or choke the word, we must protect it and its growth so that the word seed will produce fruit in every area of our lives. My friends, that's simply how it works. You sow all of God's word into your heart, and if you will protect it, regardless of what comes your way, and if you will follow its teachings, then God's will produce excuse me, then God's word will produce fruit in every area of your life. That is the most powerful and wonderful application of the seed time and harvest principle. If you will adopt sowing all of God's word into your heart and protecting it so that it bears fruit as one of your foundational life principles, you will truly see God's will in every area of your life. Furthermore, you can then successfully operate in every other application of the seed time and harvest paradigm. As a Christian who has sown God's word into your heart, you will then understand the right seed to sow in every other area of your life. I, even as I'm saying these things, I realize that maybe we're getting a little complicated. And so I don't want to be redundant. But just to be clear, you start sowing God's word into your heart, God's word that covers every area of life. You sow it into your heart. And then that word teaches you all the other seeds you need to sow in the world around you. For example, you will correctly sow love righteousness, peace, gentleness, mercy, wisdom, patience, and every other godly seed into every area of your life. Now, in many ways, these seeds are also God's word because you are sowing them based on God's word. God's word has changed your heart. God's word has renovated your mind. And now God's word is producing after its own kind in your life. God's word is bearing fruit, and now you are sowing seeds in the world around you based on God's word. And furthermore, you're now expecting a harvest on them based on God's word. Just as a simple example, you sow godly love into your family relationships. Excuse me, I'm getting a phone call. I'm sorry, everyone. That's the hazards of recording a podcast during the workday. I got a call that I had to take. But anyway, so we were talking about seed time and harvest, and we were talking about sowing God's word into your heart. Uh, you know, it, and sorry if I said a little bit of this before, but just as a simple example, you sow godly love into your family relationships and you expect loving and happy relationships with your spouse and children as a harvest. You've sown God's word regarding love into your heart. That word of love is now bearing fruit in your life and you are correctly loving others. That love is also acting as a seed into your home and into the hearts of your family members. And it's going to bring a harvest of love into your life. Praise God. Isn't this such a wonderful paradigm? Remember what God said in Genesis, the plants produce seeds that will reproduce after their kind. And I know you've also heard Galatians 6, 7, which tells us that we will reap what we sow. If you sow God's word into your heart, you are going to reap God's word in your life. And glory to God. 
I want to briefly discuss how to mechanically sow God's word in your heart, just in case it's not obvious. In the parable of the sower and its explanation, Jesus is pretty clear that the sower sows the word by speaking it. Now, I do, of course, believe that reading the Bible is another way that we can sow God's word into our hearts. But rather than get too theoretical, I like to do what the Bible is obviously teaching. And the Bible is obviously teaching us that we should speak God's word into our hearts. For a variety of reasons, it's important to have a confession, a group of verses and declarations from God's word that you speak over your life. Also, as you read God's word, as the Holy Spirit leads you, you should be ready to speak that word out loud and into your heart. You know that feeling. As you read the word, something just grabs you and you want it for your life. Take a quick pause in your reading and then calmly listen to the Holy Spirit for how to speak that verse into your life. You know, you make it personal. You speak it over your life, over your spouse, over your kids, over your job. You speak that word over your life and into your heart. So for me, I'm going to regularly read God's word to keep sowing it into my heart. And for those verses that really jump out to me or resonate with me, I'm going to speak them out loud. And before I move on, I just want to point out one more aspect of this process. When you sow God's word, you are sowing an unseen seed into your life. It's not like farming when you sow a physical seed and reap a physical harvest. God's word is spiritual and is unseen. Yes, your actions might be seen, but God's word is sown into your heart. And all of this takes place in the spiritual realm. But when the fruit comes in, the fruit is seen in the natural realm. So God's word grows from, from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Very fascinating. And there are undoubtedly spiritual and unseen aspects of the harvest as well. But this harvest will be in the physical manifestation. It will be seen in the physical manifestation of God's word in your life. If you want to start changing every aspect of your natural life, you need to start sowing all of God's word into your heart. As I've suggested, there are many different kinds of seed we can sow, but the most important seed is God's word. God's word is the seed we must sow into our hearts so that we can have God's will in every area of our lives. Now, let's discuss the application of seed time and harvest to our financial lives. Many people take the parable of the sower and immediately use it to talk about finances. While, of course, the parable of the sower has application to our finances, the parable of the sower doesn't talk about money as a seed, and we don't sow money into our hearts. So if we just use this parable to talk about finances without more explanation, we do people a disservice. What we actually must do is sow God's word concerning finances into our heart. And with God's word concerning finances correctly sown in our heart, we can start sowing financial seeds and reaping financial harvest. Learning to apply seed time and harvest to our financial lives starts rather easily if we start in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. In 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, Paul speaks to the Corinthians about financial giving to other believers who are in need. And he starts applying the seed time and harvest paradigm to such giving at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Now, this is 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. But this I say, 
He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. In this passage, we get a lot of guidance about sowing and reaping with our finances. Just the basic fact that he is applying sowing and reaping to finances is the best point to start with. We've seen verses that talk about plant seeds, verses that talk about behavioral seeds like righteousness or iniquity. We then see, excuse me, we then saw that God's word is the seed we must sow into our hearts. But now we see that our money is another kind of seed and a money seed can produce a money harvest. We won't take the time to cover every verse here, but of course you should spend time studying all the verses about seed time and harvest. The most important financial principle the Bible presents is that of seed time and harvest. You may be a doctor, lawyer, salesman, or any other type of worker, but your primary occupation should be sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God. God is, and I quote, he who supplies seed to the sower, end quote. And God wants you to cheerfully sow bountifully so that you will reap bountifully. God wants you to reap so much that you have an abundance for every good work. That means that you have enough to keep sowing wherever God directs you to sow and so that you have enough harvest to do your good works that he has prepared for you according to Ephesians 2.10. You see, interestingly enough, some of your good works are actual actions that you will take for the kingdom of God. And some of your good works are good financial seeds you will sow for the kingdom of God. God wants you to have more than enough so you can do all of your good works. In fact, through your sowing and reaping, God wants you enriched in everything to all liberality. That means God wants you so blessed that you can regularly and abundantly give to others. Furthermore, your giving is going to cause thanksgiving to God. God wants to show his love to others through your giving. God wants to give you seed for you to sow, which is going to bless others, which is going to give him glory, and which is going to result in financial harvest into your life, which will result in sowing more seed. You see, it, it's kind of circular, but it's pretty awesome, right? And, and as you sow into others' lives, you bless them, you help them, they give glory to God, they get closer to God, they start sowing, they start reaping. And you see, this is how the kingdom of God can spread throughout the earth, or it's just one of the ways that it does that. You see, and that's how it's supposed to work. In fact, this sowing and reaping uh, process should be the dominant financial paradigm of your life. And again, you may have a regular job, most of us do, but sowing and reaping should be your primary fo 
financial focus. Sowing and reaping is truly a blessing, a gift from God, so that we can always have financial stability and indeed abundance in our lives. Your sowing and reaping can operate to bring you a harvest regardless of what's going on in the natural realm. You know, I think about Psalms 1 that says, you know, his leaf shall not wither. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. You know, the Bible has numerous pictures of God's people thriving regardless of what's going on in the natural realm or what's going on in the world around us. The kingdom of God doesn't suffer famine. It doesn't suffer drought. It doesn't suffer times of lack. Regardless of what's going on in the world about around you, you can be abundantly sowing and reaping. In fact, as this world gets crazier and crazier, this teaching is becoming more and more important. In this year, 2023, God is teaching me more than ever about sowing and reaping. God is trying to fully remove me from the world's economic system. That doesn't mean quit my job. It just means that he's leading me to sow more and to reap more. And for too long, I've been solely focused on my law practice to meet my needs. And God has really blessed me through my job. And God has brought tremendous harvest through this law practice. But God wants to expand my economic mentality away from just my day job. And I know he wants to do the same for everyone, where we put our eyes and our trust for provision away from our jobs, away from our, you know, the daily, the worldly economic system and on to the kingdom of God for protection and provision. That's something I talk about a lot with respect to the tithe. And again, I encourage you to listen to my teaching last week about the tithe. Now, I would note that 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 do discuss giving money to other Christians in need, but there are a number of other verses about giving or sowing to our Christian leaders. Exactly where you should sow your financial seed can be a complicated subject, but it doesn't really need to be. The Bible's pretty clear that we should help others who are less fortunate or in need, especially Christians in need. The Bible is also pretty clear that we should sow into the lives of those who are teaching us God's word. If you are a member of a church, it's certainly right to sow into that church. If you are, uh, if, if there are teaching ministries that really help you understand God's word, then you should sow into those ministries. You should pray and ask God about where to sow your financial seed. Regardless of where you sow your financial seed, you should always consider your money sown into the kingdom of God. Now, see, you might be giving money to a particular minister or ministry, but really you're giving your money to the kingdom of God. And if something bad happens with that minister or ministry, that doesn't mean your money was wasted and that doesn't mean your seed won't produce. Of course, if a ministry fails because of a moral error or some other problem, that's terrible. But don't think that problem impacts whether you can receive your harvest. You sowed into God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is always good ground. So the key is we want to spend real time with God and pray about where to sow our seed. Now, as we continue to discuss seed time and harvest as it applies to money, let's talk about some of the mechanics for sowing and reaping. In my last podcast episode, I talked about tithing in detail. 
Tithing is a particular type of seed that invites particular harvest. And again, I encourage you to check out that message. I do believe in tithing, and I do believe that's one way that we sow financial seed. But I also believe in deliberately sowing and reaping. So this is over and above our tithe, or this is separate from our tithe. If you have a need, you should sow a seed. And I know that sounds cliche. I also know that is like a cringy statement that we hear from a lot of preachers you know, and, and, you know, there's been a lot of abuse in this area. But if you have a need, you should sow a seed. That's still the biblical truth. If you want to go through life like most of the world and trust in your job for your provision, you're welcome to do that, right? If you have a need, get a job, right? Well, of course, we all have to work. We all have to put our hands to something, right? But that's not the God's economic system fundamentally. God's fundamental economic system is seed time and harvest. I need finances in my life, and so do you. I need a place to live, a car, food, clothing, and all sorts of other stuff for my kids. You can say that a person doesn't need a lot of that stuff, but my definition of need isn't what will keep me physical, physically alive, and that shouldn't be your definition either. I need every single thing that I will use to accomplish all of God's plan for my life. That's my definition of need. And yeah, I know that I could, you know, God can do anything and he could work it out so that, you know, I go through life and I never use money and people give me everything. But let's be honest, that's probably not going to happen, right? This, this world works on money and, you know, God is going to bring money. I need money. Everybody needs money. Let's not waste our time anymore. But my point is that we have a lot of needs and I need to operate in God's system of seed time and harvest. So let me just try to say this maybe a little better. There is a world's economic system where we get a job, we put our focus on our job and we do our best. But there's also a kingdom of God financial system where we sow and we reap. And what we want to do is make that our fundamental or our primary financial paradigm. So as I sow, God may help me get a job. God may help me bring bring me clients. God may tell me a lot of other things to put my hand to that's going to result in a harvest. But my primary mentality is seed time and harvest. And and since I have these needs in my life, and since I know that God's primary financial operation is seed time and harvest, therefore I have needs, I need to sow seeds. And I need to start sowing and reaping regularly. I sow as God leads me to sow. I sow when I feel God tell me to help uh, with those in need. I sow into the lives of those ministers and teachers who help me understand God's word. And I reap. I reap harvest of money through my job. I reap harvest of people being generous with me and blessing me in various ways. I reap harvest of God's protection over my life and finances. And I'm not just going to sow when I have a specific need come up either, although I do do that from time to time. I'm going to sow and reap as a lifestyle. Seed time and harvest with God is my primary economic source, not my job. Now, let me tell you a few quick stories. In February of 2015, 
I wasn't doing so well financially. I've been practicing law on my own for a few years, but I wasn't doing that great right then. And I had a lot of deals I was working on, but none of them was closing for one reason or another. There were, there were some complicated deals. And that month was the worst month I had had in a long time. Now, someone gave my wife and I a gift card, so we went uh, to dinner at the Capitol Grill. At that restaurant, I saw my pastor and his wife eating with another couple. I didn't say anything, but I knew this was my opportunity to sow a seed. So, and, and just by the way, I've never told him this. We've never discussed it. I mean, if he thought about it at all, he didn't know it was me. So uh, anyway, so we anonymously paid for their meal. That was just a seed that I sowed into the kingdom of God, into, you know, someone that's really blessed us, right? Well, that seed immediately began producing a harvest. It was like the dam broke. And then in the next month, all my deals closed. And March of 2015 was the best month I'd ever had up to that point. Uh, another example, in early 2021, you know, I, I had been doing well. The years before were good. Everything was good. But in early 2021, I sensed the Lord telling me to reorganize my work in some ways. He also spoke to me about significantly increasing my giving to a particular ministry. When God speaks to you about giving or about sowing, it's really important to have the right perspective. You see, God never calls on a seed unless he's also thinking about your harvest. And and I don't mean that to say that you know, there's never a time God just doesn't call on you to be generous or call on you to bless people. But I'm telling you that God is 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 thinking seed time and harvest always in all areas of our lives. He's thinking about seed time and harvest. And when God calls on a seed, he's thinking about your harvest because he's the Lord of the harvest. So God told me at that time, not only to make some big changes in my business, which, you know, at the time carried some significant risk. But he also told me to really increase my giving to this ministry. And, you know, it's also important to remember that, uh, you know, first of all, it's not a commandment. It's an invitation. You see, it's an invitation to sow and reap in connection with God, in connection with the kingdom of God. And, and really, it's also really important to remember that, you know, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 says that God supplies seed to the sower. So when God uh, tells you to sow a seed, he's really, uh, he's going to supply you the seed anyway. Maybe in that moment, you're writing a check out of your own bank account uh, or, you know, whatever, handing a bill out of your wallet. But God's going to provide that seed anyway. And really, he already has. That's just a biblical truth. But anyway, so so I made the moves in my business that God told me to make, and I um, and I began sowing that additional seed. And one of the things God told me to do was to kind of go back and, and start working for a client that I hadn't done some a lot of work for in the previous years. Well, just long story short. 21 and 22 were the best years I've ever had. Uh, you know, working with that client again has been an incredible blessing. Uh, you know, kept all my other clients, but bottom line, I've received the Lord's directions. I've started, I've started sowing more and, you know, God just brought tremendous harvest based on that seed and, and that obedience. 
And, you know, God has truly and miraculously provided for my family for all these years. And we've done a lot and we've been through a lot. But 2023 has been an interesting year for this for this personal, you know, for me as a real estate lawyer, you know, and if you paid attention, you know, interest rates have skyrocketed and, and the whole real estate world is really in, a, in an interesting state. But, you know, January of this year was the first time in years where I didn't make the money I needed to cover my monthly expenses. And yeah, I mean, obviously that was very concerning. And as I was driving one day and listening to Pastor Bill Winston speak, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you know what to do, sow a seed. And I did. So I sowed, you know, a, a very reasonable seed, you know, and, and it's harder to sow. Look, this is just the way it is. It's a little harder to sow when you're not in a moment of abundance, right? When you're looking at it, at, at, you know, your cash reserves and you're sowing out of that. But that's just the way it, it, it is sometimes. And sowing, sowing in times of where there's not abundance is a very important principle kind of beyond our teaching today. But anyway, so uh, I, I obeyed the Lord. I sowed that seed and, um, and, I, and I began having abundance again. And, you know, every month since then, even though this has been a crazy um, year in the real estate world, the Lord has brought enough work for me. And, and in fact, the day after I sowed that seed, it almost sounds like one of these like weird confessionals, but it's just the truth, right? The very day after I sowed that seed, a client called me with the biggest and most complicated deal I've ever worked on. And, and that deal was a significant uh, source of work and income for my family this year. And this year, you know, this year has been crazy for many people, especially those of us in the real estate world. But but I can just be honest with you. This is the year where where God is moving my mentality truly over to seed time and harvest first. You know, I've been a sower. I've been a tither. I've been all of these things. But I've also had a really good job that, you know, I'm not, you know, and I'm just being honest. I'm not really forced to think about, you know, my, my needs all the time, you know, praise God, it's all from him. But, but this is the year where God is transitioning me over to truly a seed time and harvest mindset. And proportionally, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping it better than ever before. I'm sowing more uh, proportionally than I ever have. And I'm just seeing, you know, one miracle after another. And, and truly, um, I'm studying it more than ever, and I'm excited because I realize now, you know, this is the way that that I I really should have always been thinking. And you know, sometimes when you have a good job and you don't have excessive needs in your life, um, you're not you don't need to focus on this as much. But what that can do is that can put you in a bad spot. And and look, my fellow Christians, I just want to say that you know, I'm I don't study prophecy a lot. I don't look try to look into the crystal ball a lot. I really focus on, you know, doing what God wants me to do today. And, um, you know, and I don't know what the next few years are going to look like. And I don't know what the future holds. But but this I can tell you, we must make God our source. And we must learn to rely on him for our protection and our provision and we must take our eyes off the world's economic system and 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 you know and this is the first year where 
I, you know, the Lord has really helped me to understand that, you know, when I look at, at how much I've given over the years through tithes and offering, you know, I really do feel that the safest place for that money was in the kingdom of God. And, and, you know, that's for a few reasons, but first of all, I'm thrilled with, you know, what that money has done over the years, you know, at, at my church with other ministries, with Haiti, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. But, but, you know, the fact that that money has been sowed into the kingdom of God, I really believe that that was the best possible investment. Um, so what I'm saying is, is this, even though that this has been a difficult year for, in the real estate world, you know, God is using this time to focus me on seed time and harvest more than ever before to point me towards him as my source, as my provider more than ever before to position me for, you know, what may be crazy times ahead for Christians in the world more than ever before to, to rely on him more than ever before. And, and I'm, I'm just really, really thankful. And I really want to encourage all of you to spend the time in the Word of God, to spend the time studying, you know, God's financial system, seed time and harvest, tithing, all of it, um, because I just think this is the way we need to live. This is the way we need to think. And no, believe me, I am the first person not to, to say, you know, no, you don't quit your job and no, you don't, you know, do goofy things like rack up all your credit cards, max out all your cards, giving. No, I'm saying we need to take a very wise and diligent approach to understanding God's word on finances and begin to operate in God's systems for financing, finances. And the number one financial paradigm is, is seed time and harvest. And we must become proficient farmers in the kingdom of God's system. And that's just the way it is, my friends. So, so look, you know, kind of moving on, I hope you would agree that we've learned a lot about seed time and harvest so far, both with respect to its financial applications and with respect to its other applications. And with our, you know, remaining time, I want to briefly mention a few issues that one should keep in mind. First, the intersection between the money verses on seed time and harvest and the other verses on seed time and harvest is a complicated issue. A nuanced discussion of that topic would probably take longer than we've taken here today, and I don't want to suggest that I completely understand it. Suffice it to say, a lot of the verses about seed time and harvest do have application to your finances. You will reap what you sow. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. You should reap and sow even in famine when conditions aren't right. There are seasons where you will predominantly sow, and there are seasons where you will predominantly reap Although there are other verses that indicate we should be sowing and reaping in every season. The point is that you should take the time to really study all these verses to understand seed time and harvest in every way. It is that important. Another very important issue, uh, which is similar but not exactly the same, is the intersection between the parable of the sower specifically and financial seed time and harvest. Remember, uh, Jesus said, you know, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand all the parables? So, so the parable of the sower has application to every aspect of our lives, 
and it also has application to financial seed time and harvest. And, and I believe, to keep it kind of simple, the best way to describe this interaction, or excuse me, this intersection, is to encourage you to sow all the financial verses into your heart, especially those on seed time and harvest. You want the seed of God's word to produce in your life, including all of God's word regarding your finances. So while you may have sown financial seed, you did so based on the seed of God's word, which you had already sowed in your heart. You didn't just sow because someone begged you to give. You didn't just sow because someone compelled you. You sowed financial seed because you are a sower. And the reason you are a sower is because God's word regarding seed time and harvest has been sown into your heart and is now bearing fruit in your life. You see, that's a complicated intersection between two extremely important ideas. And so I just want to restate it briefly. You take the word of God regarding financial seed time and harvest and you sow it into your heart. And because of your faith in that word, you can now operate in financial seed time and harvest correctly. I hope I hope that that's clear enough. You know, and it's not just the money seed that produces a harvest. That's the wrong way to think about it. It's actually your faith in God's word regarding that money seed that produces a harvest. Your money seed doesn't automatically bring money into your life. It's your faith in God's word combined with your financial seed that brings financial harvest into your life. If you don't have any faith in God's word regarding seed time and harvest, then your entire seed time and harvest operation is subject to failure. That may sound a little drastic, but that is the biblical conclusion that we must reach. I encourage you to listen to my other teachings on faith to make sure you have your faith in God's word correct as you begin sowing financially. In the same way that sowing will be a deliberate act reaping is also a deliberate act. That's the next point I really want to make. You know, I've been very guilty of this where I've sowed my seed and then I just kind of expect, you know, money from heaven or just automatically extra money is going to show up, show up in my account or something like that, you know. And it's true that some financial harvest just sort of show just sort of show up. It it appears that way, right? Your business has more customers. You have some lucrative transactions or you get a raise, right? So it can look like they just kind of happened. But we have to remember that that often those are harvest on our seed. You see, your job is a very easy way for us to receive financial favor and harvest from God, even though he's doing it through your clients or your business relationships. And and I'll just give you one really quick example. You know, this particular year, I, I had a deal. It was definitely not the biggest deal I've ever done. It was definitely not the hardest deal I've ever done. To be honest, it was a rather easy deal. But but I had a client really, really bless me um, with a big number, despite, you know, the relative ease of that deal. And that was, I mean, there's no question that was, you know, I mean, I love the client. He's very generous. He's a great guy. But that's also, there's no question to me that that was also a harvest on some of the seed that I've sown this year and, um, you know, the favor of God on me. 
But again, you know, don't confine your harvest to your job. After you sow, start praying for your harvest. You know, remember, we want to reap deliberately. And then you stand in faith while that harvest grows. You know, make declarations of faith for your reaping. In Jesus' name, I sowed blank seed to blank ministry or to blank person. And in Jesus' name, I receive a harvest of blank. You know, use your faith for your harvest. In the same way you would expect a particular harvest for your word seed that you sowed into your heart, you should expect a particular harvest for the financial seed you sowed into the kingdom of God. And look, I know that some people won't won't like this teaching. They think that it's too much name it and claim it, or they think it's whatever, giving to get. But look, you know what? Just don't, don't even worry about any of that, right? This is what the Bible tells us to do, right? The Bible tells us to sow and reap. And, uh, you know, this is just the right way to go about it. You know, in the same way that we sow corn seed to reap corn and we're expecting a harvest of corn, you know, the exact same principles hold true with respect to financial seed. Lastly, we need to remember that seed time and harvest is a process that can take time. Obviously, we want the time to be short, but God is the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 9, 38. God sees and understands Every aspect of your sowing and reaping, be patient. Don't dig up your seed. Stay in faith for your harvest, whether it's a money seed or God's word. Don't let anything steal the seed of God's word out of your heart. And don't let anything rob you of your financial harvest. Though it may tarry, wait for it. You see, financial seed time and harvest works because God's word says it works. So stay patient and in faith and you will get your harvest. It's biblically guaranteed. Seed time and harvest is an extremely important biblical concept. One could easily write a long book about it and all of its different applications. While we certainly haven't covered everything about seed time and harvest today, I do believe we've covered the most important aspects of this process Furthermore, I believe we have correctly separated the concepts of seed time and harvest for God's word and seed time and harvest for finances. They are closely related with a number of overlapping issues, but they are still separate. And when you start studying them as separate issues, you can understand both of them more easily, and then you can better understand how they work together. That specific principle of studying them separately First, then understanding how they work together is something God really revealed to me, and I really recommend it, and I believe it will really help your understanding. God wants you to sow bountifully, and he wants you to reap bountifully, and that's true with respect to his word and your finances. He wants you to sow them both bountifully, and he wants you to reap them both bountifully so that you always have all sufficiency in all things and you may have an abundance for every good work. My friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. I love you. God bless you. As always, you think I've missed something, you want to add something, uh, you want to correct something for me, please, I'm always happy to talk about this. Always happy to hear you know, your views on God's word. And thank you again, and we'll talk again soon.